Hey listeners, before we get into this episode, I have a quick ask to make. I started this podcast as a research project on how to be a top individual contributor in the product design space. My goal for the show was to learn what it takes to be an individual contributor that's doing amazing, impactful work that they love doing day in and day out and getting paid top dollar while they do it. Becoming that type of individual contributor is the ultimate job security. With close to 100 hours of interview recordings, this has naturally led to the creation of the short form video articles that synthesize my learnings into 10 minute listens of actionable content. You might recognize these as my morning walk episodes or the hashtag shorts episodes. To my surprise, those episodes have been very well received and listeners have enjoyed the synthesis of what I've learned. This has led to the next chapter of my research project, which is beginning to synthesize what I've learned into a new newsletter called Thinking Out Loud About Design that you can subscribe to right now for free. Thinking Out Loud About Design is an email newsletter and podcast that basically contains all my synthesis for my long form interviews. It's pure distilled learnings that you can apply to your career immediately. This content is for you if you are a couple years into your career and you're trying to make that move from mid-level to senior designer and senior designer to staff designer. I mainly focus on becoming high-performing individual contributors in the product design industry. A free subscription gives you full access to the newsletter, podcast episodes, and website. You won't have to worry about missing anything because every new edition of the newsletter goes directly into your inbox. So my ask is this. If you have gotten any value out of the way of product design, or if it's helped you in any way or someone you know, please subscribe to Thinking Out Loud About Design and get the distilled learnings on being a staff-level individual contributor. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes of every episode of this podcast and on my LinkedIn page. Just look up Caden Damiano. Thanks again for listening and supporting the way of product design. I wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. Now, on to the show. the case for uh, people that, that you know people are replaceable well here's the antithesis to the whole term that you know hey leadership should be easily replaced people are replaceable um, and that there's like this avoidance of um, the indispensable person you know I was just thinking about the other the other day like the the uh, uh, you know the the LinkedIn ecosystem talks about how you know good organizational design show, like you know pro- shows that the best organizations can replace people um, that you could always replace someone even an A player with another A player. In theory, that's true. Um, but here's the problem here. Why Why is there that whole like 80-90% of businesses that fail? Why do most ideas end up being bad? Why are there only a few people that consistently win all the time? Um, you know, like... Why is there a winner-take-all kind of economy when in the free markets? That 
shows me that there is a people problem. You know, matching ideas with people. There's, there's a lot of good startups out there. A lot, of, a lot of great ideas, but they don't succeed. Why? And why do other other companies take those same ideas and then succeed? There's aspects of randomness. There's aspects of there's aspects of timing. But I would like to argue that it's people. I personally do not work. I haven't really had a lot of、uh, experience working for startups. You know, I've advised startups. I've I've、uh, done freelance contract work for startups, but I've never found a startup that I was willing to. Well, there's one that I'm working with right now that I'm like, oh, like I could probably see myself joining them sometime. But other than that, I, I haven't seen or met like a startup that I would be willing to actually join them and take the risk of joining them. Why? Because great idea, but the leadership isn't there. There might be founder CEOs that have great relationships and they know how to raise capital, but they don't know how to. Scale the idea. They don't know how to drive. They, they can't communicate vision. And so, like, why why do we have like these famous turnaround artists? If, if people are so expensive, why are why are there such things as turnaround artists? People that you bring into a company to fix fix the company because people matter. Knowledge isn't important. You know, it's it's the it's the emotional IQ the The application knowledge, the wisdom that people have, makes them indispensable. And so that means that if if 90% of businesses fail, if only a small fraction of people, you know, take a lot of the the upside in、uh, systems, you know, like the whole 80/20 principle thing, that must mean that there is some element. Of people not being replaceable. So being indispensable is not about being really good at your job. It is about having a good reputation, working well with people. I mean, yeah, like it's table stakes to be have the hard skills needed to do your job、um, in design. You should. Be able to do some basic user research. You should be able to、uh, throw together a good layout,、um, and you should have like a broad range of skills that make you useful in building products and following direction, and even driving direction. PMs should be able to do customer interviews. They should be able to facilitate discovery work. They should be able to prioritize work well. That's commodity. That's table stakes. And more and more, as our our, our industries mature, there's going to be more and more people that have the, those core competencies. Being first isn't going to matter anymore. It's going to be, are you? Do you work well with people? You are good, but you also work well with people. You have relationships with everyone in the business. You are a system thinker. You could see where all the different teams fit together in the grand scheme, the grand vision of the company. You know who to talk to and when to talk to them, when to get something done.
Like, that is like what Seth Godin calls linchpin. You take away someone like a linchpin, someone that has the subject matter expertise, the domain expertise, and you take away someone that has the embedded um, organizational wisdom, they know people, you replace them. Like, you try to replace them because they're maybe too valuable, then you leave. So, for example, I mean, then then they leave, you have this huge gap, you bring someone new in, you're, you're betting that they'll be able to provide the same level of team player value, which is rarely the case. Sometimes sometimes they don't have that skill set and they're just a commodity, uh, you know, professional. So... My uh, my wife's aunt, she's a great example of this. She is a immigration attorney who was an early adopter of TikTok to uh, land clients. And, uh, you know, she was part of a personal injury practice and she started an immigration practice in, in this law firm. And she used TikTok to drive clientele and she was the rainmaker in this department like she all she actually hired a paralegal and another attorney to handle to handle all the the actual like legal work and she's working with the clients all she did was promote in, informational content on tiktok and the client list grew then her you know covid hit and she was kept getting pressure to lay off employees in her department, uh, lay off the paralegal, lay off the secretary, you know, to cut costs. When she was the most valuable part of that business, she was profitable. They had a good inflow, inflow of uh, immigration clients, despite it being a pandemic. Eventually, her whole department got laid off. And immediately after, uh, the people that own the law firm regretted it because she, when she left, all the uh, inflow, you know, the back, the backflow of uh, potential clients went with her because she was indispensable. She wasn't just good at her job. She had great relationships with her team. She had great relationships with potential clients and customers. She had subject matter expertise about that domain. And they hired the only, I mean, they fired the only, they fired the only immigration attorney at that, that company. And so they had all this unfinished work in clientele that they have billed hours for, but they couldn't execute on the work because they fired the attorney. Is she replaceable? Yeah, but it's going to be very expensive to replace her. I think, you know, like in theory, everyone's replaceable. You can replace leadership and all that stuff. Really, the matter, the the fact of the matter is, can you afford to replace them? How expensive is it to replace them? If everyone's replaceable, why, why do executives need headhunters? Why do you need to pay headhunting firms? to find experienced executives because it's expensive.
and good leadership ain't cheap. It's rare. Another idea for the day. <laughs>